Welcome to Willoughby Hills. I'm Heath Rosella. I'm your host. It's my podcast. Welcome. I'm excited that you're here today. Jeff Jenkins is my guest today. Jeff Jenkins is a travel blogger, travel host, travel everything. Uh, Yeah, he's a cool guy, and I am excited to talk to him. He has a new series from National Geographic that is airing now on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. It's called Never Say Never with Jeff Jenkins. Really great show. I got to see a couple episodes and really enjoyed it. I think you're going to like it too. Speaking of travel, I am recording this episode in my RV. I've been down in Florida for the last couple of weeks and uh, really enjoying it, actually. I wasn't sure how I would do with me and my family all in one small space. We have a new puppy. You know, it's a whole thing. And we're really, really digging it. You know, I don't know that I could do this full time. I've met a couple of people here that actually live in an RV full time and just go campground to campground all across the country. It's a great way to see America. It's a great way to get out and really feel it at a uh, a close level in a way that I've never felt from an airplane. I've, I've been to all 50 states, but flown to most of them. And there is something different about driving. There is something different about stopping at random gas stations and filling up and going to different grocery stores and just all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know that I could do it without the idea of going back to my house. That is really comforting for me to be able to go home, know that I have all my stuff there, know that I have my washer and dryer and a nice shower with good water pressure and all of that. But yeah, I've got the travel bug, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And Jeff has been inspiring people to travel for a long time as well. He founded the blog and website Chubby Diaries back in 2017. He himself is a plus-size person, and he realized that there weren't a lot of plus-size people represented in media, and he wanted to change that. And so he's been encouraging people now for six years that regardless of your size, you got to get out there, you got to see the world. And he's been working with companies and brands and, and all sorts of groups to figure out how to make travel more inclusive, to make it more comfortable for people of all sizes, and to really reach people where they are. We're going to talk a lot about that today, and it's really interesting, really fascinating. And now he can add travel host to his resume as well, because this amazing new show, Never Say Never, it is so fast-paced. Like, there's not even, like, setup. Like, you start watching an episode, and within, like, a minute, (laughs) Jeff is just, like, paddling a canoe somewhere or rappelling down a rock wall. or Like, it is fast. It is quick. He is doing really cool, really challenging physical stuff, stuff that I don't know that I could ever do, although I guess that's the point of the show is to really encourage people to get out there and do that stuff. And yeah, so we had a we had a great talk about that. We also had an interesting talk just about travel in general. And it, it, it's interesting, you know, Jeff is from Orlando. He's been down here in Orlando doing press for the new show. And so it's been interesting for me being here in Orlando for, for this length of time to try to figure out, like, how does this city, where there are people coming from all over the world all the time, how does that impact your view of international travel? How does that impact your view of what it means to be out in the world? What did Orlando do to shape Jeff? So that was really cool. It was really fascinating. And yeah, had I known I was like 20 minutes from him when we talked, I would have gone over and we would have chatted together here in the RV. As it is, that that is the one thing that I don't love in this interview, to be honest. And maybe you'll pick up on it, maybe you won't. But uh, I was having some trouble with my internet the day that we talked. We ended up talking over the phone, and I wish the connection was a little better. I've tried to clean it up as best I could. 
it definitely gets clearer the more you listen. So if you if you want to stick with it, I promise you the content is so good and Jeff's attitude towards life is just so incredible and he's got some really great insights. But yeah, the, the first like two minutes or so, and honestly, I didn't even notice because I had a video feed with him so I could see him. And as somebody who's engaged in the conversation and I'm trying to host and engineer and all this at the same time, I'm picking up on body language, I'm picking up on his expressions and just it's filling in a lot of gaps for me, I guess, that I realized after I went back and, and put the show together, I'm like, oh, some of that's missing when you only get the audio and it's, you know, a garbled phone connection. So I've done probably 80 or 90 episodes of this show by phone and sometimes they are really incredible and crystal clear and you'd think the person was sitting right next to me and sometimes they're garbled. Today is is not the worst of the worst, but uh, I, I wish it had been better. And I only say that just because I picked up on it and hopefully you won't. And, and I love talking to him. It's a great conversation. It's a great show. Never say never. It's on Disney Plus. It's on Hulu. It's on Nat Geo. Go check it out. You're going to want to go out and see the world and go, I don't know, zip lining or, <laughs> or scuba diving or something cool. Hopefully Jeff will inspire you to do that. Here it is, my conversation with Jeff Jenkins. So you get this new show out and I have just, I've been seeing like a lot of press. I mean, you're on Good Morning America. You talk to Oprah. Like, talk to me about just what you're feeling like right now with this new show launching. Well, I haven't talked to Oprah yet. Okay. That was a dream I had that I spoke to Oprah. Oh, I thought it was real. Okay. No, no, no. I said, I was like, I had a great time with Oprah. But then I realized at the end that it was a journey. I totally and I missed like, that nah, last part. Nah. Uh, okay. <laughs> But you, you got yeah. to be on GMA and some yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, that's I some... did. I got a lot of press here. Uh, in the past like week, I've done almost forty interviews, so uh, so it's been great, and I've been enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, the show is awesome. It's got a lot of energy, and just like it go go goes. Like you you land yeah. in a place, and it's just like okay, we're doing this, and you're like, what? Like okay, let's do it. Like. I love just this idea about being outside of your comfort zone. And I'm wondering, like, how has the show stretched what you think of as your comfort zone? It stretched me in a lot of ways. I, I would say first, instead of back-to-back kind of experiences you're having. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I guess for the most part, when we are doing work experiences, a lot of times when you're doing old experiences, it's usually, all right, I'm going to do this, like, one big experience for, like, my whole trip. Or yeah. I might do one or two. Yeah. But I was doing like five to eight experiences all at one time, like in one trip, one destination. And that can definitely play with your with your mind a little bit. Yeah. Like although you might be able to overcome even this way, the fatigue sets in. And so now you have to push even further just to be able to complete or even just challenge yourself to go for that next challenge. Yeah, because I, I was curious about that. Like, there's not just the mental piece, but the physical piece. Like, a lot of the stuff you're doing on the show is very physical. Yeah. It's it's ziplining yeah. or propelling off a wall or just, like, all these they're, they're really physical tasks. Like, did that... Yeah. Was there ever a point in the shooting where you're just like, uh, I'm good today, guys. <laughs> like, I need a town day. Yeah, uh, actually, I just watched the episode. Uh, one of the episodes, I wrote... Oh, oh. Uh, like some cascading waterfall over here. Yeah. Like we made it up to like the first like two spots and then I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I have one more. Like I'm drained, literally yeah. drained. And it was like a like a 30, 40 minute hike down like stairs. Yeah. And we were even going downstairs with our rules. And I was like all I was thinking in my hand was like, I still have the cloud back up. 
right. stayed for 30 years. So that's a college. Oh, yeah, hour to get back up because I was that impossible. Yeah. But I mean, that's like, that's part of it, I guess, that people don't always think about. Like when you, I don't know, you see people on Instagram or whatever doing these beautiful hikes on the top of a mountain. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, I want to do that. Like there's a toll that it takes sometimes and, and you don't always see the hard part of it. Oh, for sure. And I, and I, and that's what I want people to know. Like, although you do see me doing it, I do try to articulate or I try to bring up in each episode, like how I'm feeling. You know, I do say that I'm tired or a lot of times some people are a bit more tired and I, I really do try to I didn't see as raw as I care how I'm feeling. Yeah. I mean, that's part of, I think, why you've gained such a big social media following is just kind of your honesty on that platform and just like, it's not always, I mean, it's it's beautiful photos, but it's it's honest too. Yeah. And, that, and that's the, I think, a key part of just like each episode. And that's what people keep sharing with me as they keep watching the episodes. Like they're like, Hey, you, you brought that, that Florida accent and brought up this, this African American vernacular, uh, that you don't see on any shows. And so they give a shout out still, uh, just different, uh, like cultural colloquialisms. I can't even get the word on right now. Yeah. A cultural referencing. I try to put those in there as well. And so, like when I was at Patagonia, I was mentioned, oh, I didn't want Zach Michelle, Laura, but I can happy me. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's like those things are, I tried to add in there as well. Yeah, that's all a part of my personality because I want to connect with people. Yeah. Um, In terms of just sort of being you, like, was was that something? Did did the production talk to you at all about like we want you to be yourself? Did they encourage that, or was that just something that you you wanted to bring naturally? You know, I I will be honest. I always I've never had so much anxiety in my life when we went to shoot the Iceland episode. Okay, that was the first one we shot. And this is actually a problem. It wasn't supposed to be on the show. Yeah. Uh, and it made it into the show because it was so good. But they, I was like at the airport and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to be a, a TV host. Yeah. And so my producer was like, just be you. Like, do what you do on social media. Like, you remember, he started making all videos from YouTube that I do. And I was like, wow, all I got to do is be myself. I can do that. Yeah. And so, I just had to continue to encourage myself to just be myself the whole time. Um, and it was tough that time because sometimes you had to like do a party game and it almost felt like it wasn't like uh, authentic, but it was. And so uh, I learned how to like navigate it. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about growing up. Like I'm actually, I'm in Orlando right now. I'm at, I'm at the, the oh. campground at Disney. Yeah. So like wow. I've been down We're here literally kids, like so. maybe like 20, 25 minutes away from each other. Oh, wow. I could have done this in person. I would have driven over. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd have to show up with a big RV in your driveway and people would be like, what's Wow, that would have been great. That would have been great. <laughs> um, but talk to me about just like, you grew up in Orlando, right? Like what, what was, yeah. what, how did that have an influence on, on who you became? Just where you're at right now at Disney. My dad was a chef at Disney. And so I got to go to Disney a lot. It wasn't until I watched Disney Imagineering uh, like three years ago, a documentary, a six-part documentary. I recommend anybody watch it. Yeah. It is incredible. It teaches you you're not dreaming big enough. Like, it, it really does. <laughs> I've seen it twice. I remember the second time I went through it, I was like writing out notes like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But Walt Disney did a great job at making you feel like you work in a world. I yeah. mean, you work in Orlando, you work in LA uh, or Anaheim. And so I was like, well, so I got that sense of like, like exploring from Disney. 
because I used to go in all the time. And then I also got that international vibe from the team yeah. because there would be so many chairs that was coming from everywhere from all over the country and all over the world. And so I got to experience tourists and I got to experience other people's cultures. Uh, and so I, I, I heavily give Disney a lot of kudos for that. And, and Sarah Dickens, I, I actually am now working with the company and that's also beautiful. But yeah, like Orlando, like even when I think to myself, I, I've been here for a week now. Uh, we did a premiere the other day and just to see how, who I am, like it's from Florida, being from Orlando, how I tried to make sure I was being a reference to paying homage to like just my upbringing. And it really showed who more stuff. A lot of stuff, most people will get from people from Orlando, like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Yeah. Or, oh, you got like, I have my Edward High School shirt on. So it's it's that California that uh, really really stuck out. That's nice. I, I wonder too though. Like for me, I, I've been here probably two dozen times over the years, and like, but but it was always within the bubble. And you know, I take the bus from the airport, and like, I didn't see the city, and I still don't feel like I have a great sense of it in the way that I do. Like I don't know, Phoenix or so, like places where I've been, where I've had to go into neighborhoods and go out and really like see people, like. Here, I feel like I'm always within this kind of manufactured world. And like you talk about the influence of, of the Disney side of it, but like, what's it like growing up here? I guess because I don't have any sense of it. Like, how do the theme parks and the visitors and all that, how do those play on kind of your day to day experience? Typically, Disney is not like fully in Orlando, it's, it's more so in the suburbs or in the outskirts of Orlando. There's a lot of people that sit in Orlando, don't live here, but no lives and never been to Disney World. And yeah. so, it's, it's that. It's like that. And you have to like cross in your country. You have to go past this part of I-4 to get to the theme parks and everything like that. And so like if you don't go past that, you just don't do anything with it, you know? And so everything else is felt like regular life. Uh, there's a lot of people that lived here. Our schools are massive. Like our high schools, my high school graduated class was 3,700. Wow. Um, yeah, or that actually, it was 772. Well, old high school at 3700 kids. Yeah. Say that wrong. Sorry. But still, but, that's, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's still a lot. Like, I, when I started traveling or like when I was in college, people would be like, yeah, I only had three people in my fault. There was only 40 <laughs> of us or 100. And I was like, wow. So, and all our schools were that big at the time. And so, yeah, so to me, it felt like regular life. You, you forget how beautiful Florida is. When you leave and come back, I'm like, oh my gosh! And there's something about how the sun kisses the grass in Florida. Like there's like this glimmer that you don't get anywhere else. And I always tell people that people within crazy, I say it. Well, yeah, like Orlando has that, but it's just it's to me it just feels like a regular place. And a lot of people are like, wow, I didn't know people actually lived in Orlando. Yeah, well, it's it's funny too though. Like thinking about you know going to Epcot, let's say, and seeing all the different countries or going to Animal Kingdom and seeing Africa and Asia and all these different things, like you have this sense of it. But I, I think in the intro to the show, you say you didn't get on a plane until you were 20. Like, yeah. so you have this kind of this childhood, like visiting like the simulated places. And then you end up like in the real places. Like, what was that like? You know, I, I didn't even appreciate those places until I started getting a lot older. Yeah, I was it was always about the you know, the next galaxy ride or something eventually. So I didn't even like going over to the World Showcase until I got <laughs> started getting older. Yeah. Uh, which is fine uh, because I started appreciating it. And even when I saw the stuff, I was like, this just seems like a Disney place. And yeah. so 
I was always contrasting in that way. But we always did travel like by car or when I was singing in a choir, we would take tours around the nation and actually we would just always be like East Coast. Gotcha. Back. So I can, I've been in every state in the East Coast, yeah. multiple towns, most of them. And, um, but yeah, it wasn't until I was 20. And I remember when I was going to Japan for the first time and I was telling people from Orlando when I was going to Japan, yeah. I started hearing all these stories and people being like, wow. I've never left here. I've never left the state. Yeah. One person, though, right across the street from my dad, she never left Orlando. Wow. The city popular of Orlando. <laughs> and I was like, how? Yeah. And so, There's beaches so, right yeah, over there. Going yeah, hour, right? yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's just even in that, I still was able to like keep moving. But once I got that passport, once I started traveling, that's when that travel bug hit me. And I was like, I want to see it all. And I didn't know about these things that you see in movies or, or reading books or actually places yeah. around the world. And I was like, oh, I thought you just all made up stuff. So yeah. I was excited to check it out. So, like, you start traveling, but you're still working. You worked as a teacher first, right? Before becoming like a full time travel guy. So I was traveling. I started traveling in college uh-huh. uh, when I was 14 in the country uh, before I even graduated from college. Uh, but yeah, wow. I became a full-time choir teacher, a high school choir teacher for nine years. Oh, wow. How did that influence, like, when you gave that up, I guess, like, are there still parts of your teaching that you feel like are <laughs> permeate your work? Oh, man, I was just telling my mom this this morning, like, there's there's a couple of jobs that really stick out. Me working at Boston Market. Yeah. And that's not personable, like. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Yeah. Like that, that came from Boston Market because my mom was a, a regional manager for Boston Market. But then the, the teaching part, I realized very quickly I was a really good teacher. Yeah. Uh, I knew how to like articulate like to kids. It always made sense a lot of times to kids. But then I also knew that you can't be serious the whole time you're teaching. Yeah. And I learned because I used to want to go in here and I just wanted to be like, all right, sit down. You're woke. Yeah. Let's solve. Let's go. Yeah. And I realized children and adults, people, people feel you don't like that. And so you have to almost entertain them and make it fun, make it inspiring. And so I feel like as a TV host, I, I feel like I'm, I'm teaching. I literally do. I feel like I'm like in class and I'm like, ha ha, like, yay. And telling a, a quick, like, winging, something funny, something entertaining. Keeps the crowd going here. I just realized I'm doing that the whole time yeah. and the team stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Before the show, you had launched uh, Chubby Diaries, which is like yes, that's your your Instagram handle and YouTube and all these things. Like, and it's it's about encouraging people. Uh, well, I guess you tell me, like plus it, size pe- people, plus size people primarily. Okay, yeah, um, uh-huh. but 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 also I feel like uh, as a black man that plays mm-hmm. into it too, that there's kind of these two aspects to you, right? That like there's yep. the plus size piece and, and your race that in both mm-hmm. cases it, it's uh, travels often, not, uh, not as open to those mm-hmm. parts of your personality. Like why was that important to you to kind of, to crack that door open? Well, yeah, I, I think even, even for the race side, like when it was chubby diaries, it was a little different. Like I was really just mainly focused on plus side, yeah. but I just had to be black, right. you know? Uh, so he was like, you, I didn't have to say much because you could just see my blackness. Right. But I think I was coming from a place of representation. I wanted to see more representation in the industry. Yeah. I realized that I was like one of the only like larger body people going out and traveling around the world. And yeah. I was like, I knew a lot of the plus people in America 
why do I not see anybody new with me, like, ever? And so I knew that there was a lack of representation. There was a lack of, like, accessibility and comfort. There was a lack of, like, uh, representation in magazines. Uh, I, I wanted to change that. Like, one of my missions with Chubby Diaries is to read I travel looks like. Yeah. And and I always tell people, like, I'm not here to promote obesity. I'm here to promote live life now. Yeah. I want people to travel around the world, enjoy themselves now. Don't wait till they get to a certain goal. Wait, I want them to like live like now, and I'm speaking to them now because there's so many other platforms out there that were like lose weight, feel great. Uh, you can travel, you can do your, you can have your jeans once you are on seventy side. And I was like, no, I want. There was no platforms really out there saying, hey, go do it now. You can yeah. do it now, and let right. me show you how to do it now. Do you think that that lack of representation? Was that like an issue with media and advertising and things like that? Or was that the reality on the ground too? Or was it harder for, for bigger people to travel? Well, yeah, I, I think it definitely was harder. And at least, and it, and it was because there was a lack in the media. Yeah. But I would also just say like, it was, I mean, it came down to dollars and cents. Like people didn't make these things accessible and make it like travel inclusive for people. Yeah. Uh, and they only had one standard. And so, uh, license, I like this happening. Uh, people got bigger. Uh, majority of the people in America are considered plus size or obese. I, when I got it back to dollars and cents, I've met with CEOs, I've met with heads of companies that's all over uh, in the travel space. And once I brought it to, to dollars and cents and told them that, like, hey, there's a whole marginalized group of people that have money yeah. that are willing to travel, yeah. it's we just make things more accessible for them. And, and at the end of the day, people are always trying to get a new market. Right. They're always trying to find a way. And so I used it in that way to bridge that gap. And I'm in the conduit between uh, brands and plus size people to be able to make things more cohesive and inclusive. Yeah. I mean, in terms of accessibility, like if, if someone's listening to this that's, I don't know, a hotel manager or restaurant manager, something like that, like what does inclusivity look like? What are what are the things that, or accessibility? What is What does accessibility look like? Yeah, so I like how you say, well, we're even thinking about the hotels, like they always have the robes. Yeah. Like the robes usually say one style sit Right. And I was like, which who's who's the hall? Right. I now see shout outs to Fairmont out uh Austin. Uh was one of my favorite hotels in Mochine. But yeah, they literally started and saw my stuff. It yeah. was like, hey, all we had to do was just buy extra robes. Yeah. So you don't even have to buy like a whole bunch of robes to like outfit every room. But just have a few of them or, or multiple so that you can be able to have, accommodate the large amount of people on there. And so just from robes to uh, armless uh, chairs yeah. for people in their robes, larger bathrooms, I have those restroom toilets where the wall, like you, you have right. to go to a little bit of the wall. Into, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody feels that one. I sure. can't. Like, friends always tell me that one. So it's those things that make, you, make that make more accessible. And when it comes down to like excursions, like doing like the stuff I've done on the show, when it comes to like some of these excursions that we do, all it took was an extra piece of rope or it was an extra strap that just clicked to where it always just made it around me, a large harness, extended sizes on uh, scuba gear. All of this stuff is like very easy yeah. to obtain. And if they just made these small modifications, most of us actually can be able to do that stuff. And so I always tell people, people are innovative and just use your brain because a lot of times you can be able to accommodate these people in a safe way yeah. because a lot of times they try to argue that 
safety, like, oh, it's a safety thing, it's a safety thing. Yes, it's a safety thing. We understand, but y'all are weird human and we're bright and we're innovative. Yeah. We can figure out ways to modify things. And I've been telling people, I watched this Burke, uh, this show back in the day where they were taking the Burke off the trees, those growths off the tree. Yeah. And he had to take it from the hill to his car. And this thing weighed over a child, like 2,000 pounds. Wow. He took it on a zip line <laughs> down to the car. So I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me yeah. the zip line was always stopped on this size right. or at this weight level, but this Burke has 2,000 pounds. He's going to even weigh 2,000 pounds. Right. But that just shows you that there, there's ways to make things happen. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I think what you're speaking to, like, these are simple, small changes. And it makes me think about just inclusivity more broadly of, like, I think companies have gotten smarter around, you know, gender diversity or racial diversity or things. But that diversity goes beyond just some of that stuff that like it's about having not, people in the room to make those decisions or to ask the questions of the people or you know what i mean like if yeah. if you're not talking to those people if you're not seeing those people you're missing out on that whole chunk right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I truly do and that's why i try to bring that awareness uh that's why i advocate as much as i do and i'm advocating in a way that's different from how most people will advocate yeah what does that look like your your version of advocating yeah, so my version is like, like I, I keep it real. Like, let's yeah. keep it real. Like, this is what I, I want, or this yeah. is what my audience is like, what plus size people want. This is what y'all want. Yeah. And a lot of times, businesses at the end of the day, they want money. Right. And so it's like, okay, how do we, because I'm a businessman as well in that way, like, how do we make this work for us? Like, for, for the both. Yeah. And it does. It, it's, it's been working. I've seen it happening now. I've seen like even tour operators that are now offering size inclusive trips yeah. so that people can go to these places with new things. I see an excursions at those exhibit sizes so that people can go great white start gagging in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, so it's like things are being changed. Uh, and, and I really do like it. That's great. So how long have you been traveling like professionally? Like that's been your full-time gig? Uh, six years. Wow. Does that ever get old? I guess. Like, a, is there a point where you know, living out of a suitcase or whatever? Like, are, are you still as excited about it as you were six years ago? I guess. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm as excited about it, but I'll love it still. You know, yeah. like it's it's such sometimes being on airport. You know, yeah, sure. Um, it's some of my travel right now is I'm only in there for a short amount of time, so it's not like I even get tired to be somewhere and just enjoying it. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 getting out. Some of it's work. Vacation to me now is just being home. Yeah. Like, I think about it like, oh, my gosh, I can lay out on those standing white covers. I was thinking, <laughs> but yeah, just being in my own bed, like, that's that's now vacation. But I still love it. I still love meeting people. I love uh, being able to explore. It's a little bit more daunting, and I think that's just from fatigue. Yeah. But, oh, man, I, I can, if you told me to go to Italy right now, I'm having fun watching my own show right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you were there. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm like, take me back right now, please. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, that, like, because I feel like that's another piece that people might not see is, as you say, like waiting in line at the airport or just, you know, the hotel room that kind of looks the same everywhere in the world or, you know, like there's a lot to travel that that can be monotonous, but there's also that excitement of it. Like, 
for you in, in choosing, whether it's for the show or, or for your other work, like where you go next, like how do you make that decision these days? Yeah, I mean, it's still, I, I, I made a list of 100 mile things that I wanted to do before I die. Wow. And so, uh, I mean, we're slowly chipping at it. I even gave it to the producers, and that's how we even picked some of the countries that we went to and did some of the activity, like going to the Ottawa Blue, yeah. uh, swimming with well sharks, going to New Zealand, going to Vietnam, like all of that was like stuff that I wanted to do and wanted to try. Yeah. Um, so to be able to do that, that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Do you have a sense of where you are in the 109 yet? Or Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm happily done. That's pretty good. And and the book that I read, I can't even tell you, I don't even remember the name of the book, but I do remember they said that you make those goals and you'd be like, oh, that's a lot of goals. Yeah. You, you don't have to like go because most of the time you can't even speak for yourself and think of more than like 15 to 20 goals that you want to do. Yeah. So you have to go look at other people's goals just to be like, oh, you know what? I want to do that. Yeah. But they said that you'll slowly or you'll quickly realize that you having that goal list that you'll start like executing on those goals a lot quicker than you think. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm actually done. And I started about four or five years ago. That's not bad. So that you might be done in another four or five years. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll make a new one if I have to. I still got to get space. That's the space? Yeah. I want to get, I just want to break the earth's atmosphere. That's all I need. Yeah. I, there are guys that'll, <laughs> it'll take you up there now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting on submarine. Well, I'm getting on a submarine. On yeah, submarine trip. Not, not right now. No. Um, not right now. Not right. I wanted to ask you too. Like your brother uh, Justin is a is a big yeah. character in the show too, and you're kind of facetiming him throughout. And like, talk to me about just your relationship with him, and you know, kind of growing up together, and like how what influence he has on your life now. Well, it's, it's been beautiful to to have him a part of the show. Uh, we just grew up like as boys, like enjoying the outdoors, uh, enjoying our, our own company. Uh, like we'll be in trouble. My mom will put us in time out and we'll be in our room for, for a long time. And so we got to entertain ourselves. But yeah, it's like, we got to be like little kids. Like we were enjoying ourselves. And so it's like with the show, we got to do the same thing, but as big kids and yeah. we got to live out. So like, like our dreams. And so it, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I'm happy that you just be a part of it. So it was a shared experience yeah. that nobody else can say they have. Like he, since we've been here in Orlando, we've been doing a lot of press and stuff like that. Or I've been doing a lot of press, and he's been able to tag along with me. And boss has been fantastic uh, just to have him along. What's the age difference between you guys? Just two years. Two years. So he's he's two years younger than me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he probably looks up to you a little bit then too. I'm pretty sure he does. Everything <laughs> he tells me. That's awesome. Yeah. For you now, you've you've gotten to make this series. You've gotten to travel the world for six years. Like, what's your advice for people, whether it's plus size people or just anybody out there that's that's watching the show and saying, "I want to go and do this." Like, what what do you tell people that in terms of traveling? You know, I'll dream, I'll find the place you want to go to, or just buy the ticket. Yeah, buy the ticket. Yeah, buy that ticket. Don't do the research uh, first, even just just buy no, the ticket yeah, and figure no. it out. Well, yeah, figure out. Well, you know, we got to do a little research, just like, no way. <laughs> but I think you don't have to plan everything. That's the thing that happens to people. Yeah. They get caught up like, oh, I want to go to Paris. My sister's been trying to go to Paris yeah. now for the past 25 years. Oh, she wow. hasn't been there yet. So for her, it's like she gets that anxiety around like planning and all. But if you want to go to Paris, find out what airport you need to go to in Paris. 
and they were buying out tickets. And then you can like plan from there because now you set your money. Now you committed to to something. Like there's a date. Yeah. And I think that helps a lot of people out. Cause then you can start figuring out a lot of other stuff from there. Um, but then I'll just even say watch the show because I think I touched on some of the angst that travelers have with traveling for the first time or sure. doing something for the first time. And so there's that. And yeah, I just hope that the show itself, and I really do, I, I, I don't even have to say I hope anymore. Like I'm starting to see that the show is inspiring people the way that I wanted to inspire people. I'm excited to see that the show is motivating and encouraging people. And it's a fun show. So I hope that everybody watches it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's something too, I think what you're saying in there about just committing to it. Like people get nervous about wanting to see everything too. It's like, Oh, I'm going to go to Paris. I want to make sure I eat at the best restaurant and I want to make sure I see the Mona Lisa and I want to see, you know, whatever. Um, but like you can't always do everything, right? You got to kind of give yourself that permission to just do some other, you you, you see what you do and then, you know, yeah. But that's, that's that abundance, like mindset in a way to where you like, I got to get in here all around. No, you don't. Like, you, you get, there'll, there'll be more time. You'll be able to come back. I've been to Paris now five long. Yeah. So, like, when I first went, I was like, I knew I didn't see it all, but yeah. I've been there now five times. So. And that list changes then. It's not, it's not the Eiffel Tower anymore, but it's, you know. Oh, yeah. it's, I did it only once the Eiffel Tower twice. Yeah. I don't know if I was always in it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure out of those five times, I got accumulated some out of uh, two months of like being there. Yeah. So <laughs> I saw the three twice, but it's not like it is what you look like. It's there. You look at it and you move on. Yeah. And there's other beauty in all of these places in Paris. So uh, I definitely knew you, you will love it. And my sister, that one sister I just told you about, she went to Germany for the first time. That was the first time going internationally to like Europe and stuff like that. And when I tell you, she, her mind was blown and she kept saying to herself, why did I not do this? Why did I here keep me from traveling before? And now I can't tell this woman to sit down. She never worked. Yeah. Well, it, as Americans too, we have this advantage that the, the language isn't a barrier. Like most people speak English. So like, even if they prefer to speak German or French or whatever, like right. they're still going to speak English with you. Yep. And, and that part's kind of cool. But then my sister, she. She's a, she's a linguistics person. So she was over there almost speaking somewhat German. And I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> nice. And she was like, I didn't even know this sounds like English. And she can read it very well. I was like, what is happening? Like, awesome. So it was it was beautiful to see. Well, the show's amazing, Jeff. I, I enjoyed watching it. And I hope it sounds like a lot of people are watching it too, which is great. So um, yeah, more power to you. And I hope, uh, I hope there's a season two coming real soon. Same, same. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for having me. All right, there we go. Jeff Jenkins. He and I both in Orlando. How about that? That was pretty wild. Really fun talk with him. Really, uh, really enjoyed the show. Really enjoyed his time. Never Say Never with Jeff Jenkins is running now on Nat Geo, Hulu, and Disney+. Plus. So go check it out. You'll love it. And check out Jeff's social media work and, and his other online content, Chubby Diaries. Great content. And again, it's something that I think we all can be thinking about whether we're plus-size people that are out there trying to travel or we're smaller people that just aren't aware of the issues that, that larger people face. You know, it's it's a conversation that I hadn't really had to date, and I'm glad I had a chance to have that conversation. 
If you like this show today, make sure you sign up for my newsletter. You can get newsletter issues twice a week in your inbox every Wednesday and every Sunday. Go to heathrasella.com slash newsletter. If you want to be a paying member and help support this podcast and the newsletter, you can also upgrade your membership there. Paying members of Willoughby Hills get early access to the podcast as well as some member-only video exclusive posts. I did a tour of my RV down here in Florida, showed everybody what my campsite looks like and all the different cool accoutrement, I guess, on the outside of my RV. So if you're interested in seeing that and many, many more things, go to heathrasella.com slash newsletter and sign up there. And I'm at Heath Rosella on Twitter, Instagram, and now Threads. I guess that's a thing. I, I don't know how I feel about it, but I am over there at Heath Rosella. Give me a follow. Let's connect. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Stay safe. <laughs>